So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Thank you, thank you. Uh, dude, this is an amazing story. Like, this is going to be, I want to see how this is going to unfold. As we were talking before the show, is, you know, to be an engineer and then to, to like, where we're at in the marketplace right now, not only are you, you've funded all your deals, but you're also very vertically integrated where you're, you're doing the asset management and you're doing the property management of your assets as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... Yeah, we own asset management, property management, construction, you know, and money raising all of us. So give me your general story, then we'll dive into some how you raise some money. But I, I gotta I need to I need to understand how you kind of got in your foot in the door here. Oh, cool, cool. So I I was uh, working as an engineer, I mean uh, twenty-two years in corporate life and uh, always wanna try something different, right? So when even when I was small in college, I was trying different, different businesses. Um and um you know, sometimes engineering can be boring because you're just doing the same product or different variation every year, right? I mean, unless you're an R&D, you know, uh, creating a rocket science, um, you know, products, you know, most of the products out there, which is working on engineering is, you know, it's a reuse, right? Because that's how businesses make money. So it becomes pretty evident to me that, you know, it's very monotonous to me and uh, I always want to do something different. So we have tried different, different businesses, my wife and I, we have tried different different businesses, and finally we settled on uh, real estate. Um, started with single family houses in 2013. Uh, bought like what 13 uh, houses, and we flipped that. Uh, we still have a few of those. So we we sold most of it. We we refinanced a lot of our houses, moved into a 45 units apartment, and from there we just uh, you know have like 1,700 units right now in uh, multifamily. 1,700 units, right? That's pretty huh? cool. And so yeah. on your journey to get those 17 units, like how did you start raising the money to get those? Because that's on 700 units, that's that's quite a few projects. What is that, like nine or 10? How many projects is that? Uh, we have nine projects. Nine projects, right? Yes, yes. And correct. so, I mean, you know, your average raise on a deal has got to be three to four mil. Uh, in the beginning, we started small. Uh, my first deal is only 450,000, right? It's only 45 units. But the last one we did, uh, which was a few months back, is $10 million raise. Right. And we raised it, <laughs> and we raised it in one week. boy. <laughs> Hold on. on my own. pen just got sharpened. I'm going to take notes for myself. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no real secret to it i mean the, the 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 biggest secret is you know you have to know what you're doing right uh, i mean most of the true investors i'm not talking about the general people that you meet in meetups or facebook or linkedin the people who already done already know real estate already know a lot of syndicators these are the people who want to be like you who they want to be syndicators right but there are a lot of people with who are truly passive who really want passive investment they want someone 
to really know what they're doing, right? And the people who know what they're doing are most of the time are operators, right? People who are underwriting deal, finding, defining business plan, executing business plan, and communicating directly with them. So when you do all that, and at the same time, you do a damn good job on your first few deals and you start seeing, giving returns to people, you have a good track record and people just keep on telling others, right? And um, that's how we got started. That's how we raised money. And in most of the, my investors, I have only like, 220 investors out of $35 million. That's like almost 140000 per person. Well, right? Alan, where uh, are you at? Are you in? I'm in, I'm in Austin, Texas. Okay, that's where all the money's at. Come on. <laughs> no, that's, I very, very, I probably have like one investor from Austin. Right? Everybody else is from Houston, Dallas, California, and all of the country. No, I get, so. yeah, exactly. It's, 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 <laughs> I, I need to do a better job in Austin. A lot of people doesn't know me in Austin. So. You know, it's so like, funny. I, I look at, because we raise money all over the place too. And I always say uh, like, how come I just don't have a large Phoenix base of money? And uh, like huh? 2020, that's what we're going to try to do is just find a local group. See if we can raise money locally. Because we would love to do some galas and some things like just to shower mm -hmm. our money people and do some things right yeah but yeah just like you you have investors all over the all over the country right yeah all over the country and very less locally so i probably need to do a better job going for meetups here and meeting people and uh, just you know introducing myself i mean we're just so busy operating the deals i mean since we are vertically integrated we are just busy you know making sure we are able to turn around properties making sure we're able to give returns to our investors and uh, just word of mouth that's how it spreads right and People like to give money to someone who they got a referral to, rather than just some random guy who they met on. Are Facebook you asking for referrals, or how are you? How are you, I mean, how does that really go about? I mean, is there? Uh, no, I don't really ask for referral. Even though now recently I've started, just because people always come at the last minute. Right? Once I have a deal, then they say, "Hey, my my sister want to invest, my brother want to invest, my friend." And I say, "I say, oh no, this is five or six B. No, you can't do that. I need to know them ahead of time." So now I'm telling them proactively. Uh, you know, whenever I close a deal, if you have someone who want to invest, let them have relationship with me right now. Start building that relationship. So I've started doing that right now. But I mean, just word of mouth, just it, it spreads very quickly. Yeah, well, I think word word of mouth is absolutely that. Now, did you um, did you just really start out with your warm market with the people that you know? Like, I always feel like you know, a lot when people listen to this podcast, because I have a an eclectic group. I mean, I've got investors that have been doing business. I've got new people. I've got a little bit of everything. So. Like and you've you've been running the gamut here, so we can kind of talk to each group a little bit. Like when you first yeah. started, what did you do, and then what do you do now that's way differently? I think when I first started, I mean, since we were doing single family home, uh, you know, we don't have to raise money, right? Because we were doing single family home. But what we did with single family home, we start telling people on what we do, right? So at the same time, we used unconventional method to finding deals. So we were finding like we the first few deals we found is like an awesome price, which is unheard of in the market just because we're doing our own marketing, uh, prospecting to direct sellers and we got really, really good deals. And, you know, the first raise was only 450000 We raised it within 24 hours because uh, it was an awesome price and we have a good track record in, in single family, uh, which we told everybody, right? So, so the key learning is when you want to start raising money, you have to tell people what you're doing, especially when you're really good at it. And if you think, you know, you are going to be honest enough and um, I mean, you always want to be honest, right? You're honest enough and right. do a good job when you're Tell people that you're doing this. Tell people the successes, uh, and and uh, that's how you raise your money in the beginning. Yeah. Right. And um, now it's just word of mouth, and we we you know we 
uh, we use our email list to tell our our accomplishments and make sure people know. And now we don't. Really so you're help. following up with on with with emails. You're yeah. Now you're you've got more of a nurture. We'll call it a nurture campaign where you know. Yeah. And plus, they're already getting your reporting and things like your communication from yeah. the deal. Now, do you have a portal? Are you using like a, an investment portal of any kind? Yeah, we do have an investment portal, but I think investment portal is not uh, what you call a, a holy grail of raising money, right? I, mean, I think it I sucks, think... <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. It's just a software, right, for you to... I think the key thing is when people want to give you money, especially when they want to repeatedly give you a lot of money, is because you are directly dealing with them and you're over-communicating with them. And, they, you know, people want to make sure their money is working and someone is being responsible, someone trustworthy. And uh, you want to add a lot of value to them. Like, I do a lot of value add to my passive investors, right? So I do webinars for them. I do, like, today we have a tax uh, investing, uh, a tax benefit webinar for passive, which we have, like, 300 people registered, right? So tell you out of 300, probably like half of them or maybe 60% of them are new, right? But so when they come for this webinar, it's just a free information. We just give it out to them, builds the trust and, uh, you know, get they get to know you and you're adding value, free value. So just add, keep on adding free value, right? Like this podcast, right? A lot of people are going to be listening. You adding a lot of value. People know Corey and people know me, right? So it's just, you have to be known, right? And uh, Isn't raising money, matter. you find it's it's personal, it's very personal. <laughs> right? It really is, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of money raisers out there. I mean, they have thousands of units, even though they're a small percentage of what they own, right? But, you know, they even they have to use a lot of capital raises to raise money, right? Because they keep on buying very quickly. And these capital raises, they go in, into their network and, you know, get the new people. So every the new people knows the capital raises and capital raises know the GPs, right? Or the sponsors. So it's all very personal. It is. And not only this, so, and I love the way you're doing it because you actually are like how I want, this is really trying to how I structure my deals more mm-hmm. often than not is you're the GP. You're the mm-hmm. only GP. In other words, you're, you have passive investors and you're going out and raising the capital. And that means you get to own most of the deal. Most of the deal. Or, yes, like, yes. Your, your, your portion of the GP is all yep. yours. Correct, correct, correct. And of course, my wife as well, right? Two of us, right? Oh, but yeah. the other the other benefit that we people see in us, we are vertically integrated, right? So you have one neck to choke, right? So a lot of times when deals, I mean, apartment investing, the hardest part in apartment investing, as I mentioned in my book, is actually property management, right? I mean, if you're managing like 300 units, you know, you have 300 income stream, managing a 300 income stream at a class B and C with, uh, you know, 16, 17, $20 an hour pay employees, very hard. Right. So, so property management is the hardest part of multifamily, even though a lot of people don't see it right now because market is very strong. As I said, the property management company is not the, it's not the strong point. It's actually the market is strong. So you may not see the bad part of the property management, but once the market subsides, a lot of property management uh, will be undressed. The cracks right? are going to show. <laughs> yeah. Everybody... Then they said, oh, <laughs> then people realize how bad is their property management skills. Right. Then then you need to do all kind of martial arts to, you know, keep the residency in house and low uh, reduce the turnovers and all that, right? So yeah. So what you're saying is not only are you raising the money, you're asset managing your properties, and you actually are. Those are like three different companies, by the way. In a, in, in, a, yeah. in a way, you have yep. you know what you do, which is probably raise money. You have 
people on your team that are asset are paying attention of your assets. And then you actually have your own asset management or um, management company that you own, which mm-hmm. is you're trying to really control the product from start mm-hmm. to finish. Yeah. And I commend yeah. and you I on that because that's a big, that's not easy. I, I want it's to. It's not easy. I want to, but I'm like, I've not, I'm not there yet. Like I, there's the time that I might when uh-huh. it makes sense. But like the, the thought of having to manage properties scares the living crap out of me. It is very scary. I mean, uh, that's why right now, I mean, we are trying to build our leadership team and we're working hard on it. I mean, because we have grown so quickly yeah, so big. Um, you know, it's it's getting uh, too much on us. So, but we are right now, to... it's not a bad time because it's hard to find deals. We we're talking about this earlier. It's right now. It's yeah. It's hard to find deals. So maybe it's yeah good to fix the house, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, it's good to really put in structures and process right now because you can't buy deals quickly right now anyway. Right? There's not many deals, even though they are deals. People are doing deals, but most of the deals are marginal. They suck. Right? Yeah, <laughs> most of the deals suck. Right? Yeah. What's the point of rushing? Right? And there's, there's, because the new buzzword has been everybody's coming into multifamily. Yeah, oh yeah, everybody. I mean, and I'm, and I'm an educator, so I'm helping. I'm helping <laughs> put them all there. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, I mean, there's there's also the social media effect, right? If you see the social media has has exaggerated the FOMO effect. Right, fear of missing out. When people see somebody else is closing deals and everybody, 100 people saying congratulations, everybody feel like they missed out. Yeah. Right? So that is creating a psychological uh, optimism in the market, which is dangerous. Right. Yeah. Well, which is meaning leading to a lot of people buying, buying stuff that they shouldn't. And when they yeah. when the market changes just a little bit, they're going to hiccup. And like you said, they're going to be naked and they don't even know it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Market's already changing. I mean, I don't think so. It, it's 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 out. It's, it's far away. I mean, it's already changing. I can see some deals which is underwater. There's a lot of deals being done because of interest only loans. And everybody's assuming 2%, 3% rent growth, but <laughs> only the top markets, you can see 2 or 3% rent growth, right? And um, just because of the, the bidding war that James, that's are a great that's a great thing you just put up, right? I, mm-hmm. I don't want to stop you, but like I, because sure. I believe in this. People underwrite. This is what we're talking about underwriting, but like mm-hmm. two, two to three percent rent growth. I mean, I two or three, but I've seen people that are like four or five, like they're just putting mm-hmm. these multipliers in there that are, you're like, how in the hell are they doing that? Yeah, I mean, some some cities are having a short term uh, huge run up, right? Uh, but you know, if they are doing four or five percent for five years, that may not be realistic. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, mean I, yeah. I agree. I agree with what you just said. I just think I wholeheartedly, people are are over predicting what that future rent growth is always going to be there, even yeah. in strong markets. But like, listen, what happens if it doesn't? Yeah, yeah, correct. And also keep in mind, so there's there's four, three or four factors that brokers, right? When you buy through brokers, whether on market or off market, is the same, right? Uh, even off market, they still do bidding. You know, off market, right? they just make it sound cool to say off-market and get people to get interested, right? So on-market is worse. Now they have best and final and best and best and final. So you're already buying at a high price, right? So your price, entry price is high because now you want the deal, but you already overpaid for it, right? Compared to everybody else who believe in that. Right. <laughs> so first of all, you bought it very high. Second is you're making all this assumption on the rent growth and all that. Third, your loan come in. Either you do a bridge loan or you do a Fannie or Freddie, which have IO loans, right? So all the loans are being very, very favored for a few years, right? Unless you get a 10-year IO, right? Or 
you know, you get a very, very long-term uh, hard loan kind of thing, right? So, so your, all these three factors is going to expire, right? Your IO is going to expire at some point. Your rent growth is going to slow down. And you already overpaid. So your entry point is high. Your rent growth is, may not be realistic, right? Not for many years, right? Maybe for a short term and depends on the city. And the third is uh, your IO is going to expire at some point, right? So <laughs> at some point, somebody is going to fail, right? right? So and and this is fail. why operations is so vital, right? Yes, yes. So if you look at the market cycle, right? You have, uh, you know, first, you have four market cycle. One is called recovery, which is the, the bottom left. And on top of that, there's expansion. So we are we actually already passed expansion. And then, so on the bottom left, we have a recovery on the on the top right, we have expansion. Uh, sorry, top left, we have expansion. Top right, we have hypersupply. And bottom right, you have recession, right? So if you look at, you know, studies uh, published by Dr. Glenn Mueller, who's a PhD, he's been doing this for like 30, 40 years. He's a, he's a professor who studies like 50 different um, data points of where the market is. You know, we already like apartments more on the hypersupply side, right? So, I mean, of course, it depends on the city. Some cities are still on expansion. Some cities are on the right. hyper supply, right? The ones so. where all the California people are moving into. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, yeah. I mean, I have it in my in my Facebook group uh, on the chart that the latest chart. But but what I'm saying is, uh, you know, we already like have a lot of expansion runs. I agree. And, it's been good for a long time. It's a good for a long time. Prices has been, you know way up so much and the wages have grown so much, right? I mean, at some point, the corporate profit is going to come down. They can't pay so much to everybody, right? Right. So the wage growth is going to slow down, which means the rent is going to be limited by wage growth, right? So you're going to have a slowdown at some point. Now, you just have, you had a, a new book, a fairly new mm-hmm. book that you had just come out in February. What's it called? It's called Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate, The Insider Secrets. That's the only book out there for passive investors. It talk from passive investor perspective and gives you a lot of details. Uh, Why did you write it? What was it, what was the intent of writing that book? And because uh, the reason I wrote that book is because I see a lot of passive investors. When I started in 2015 in my multifamily, 2013 I started with single family. 2015 is multifamily. A lot of passive investors think all deals are the same. All multifamily deals are the same, right? Because there's not much of information on how to evaluate this private syndication. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, stock market, you Google stock market value versus growth versus, you know, but uh, opportunistic uh, stock market, you'll find a lot of article about it. Right. But not in multifamily, how to evaluate. Right. And that's what the information that any passive investors need to know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of information, are, you know, are being taught like SOS exclusive information. So a lot of clubs are charging 20, 30,000 for passive investors. No. And I always wonder why passive investors need to pay so much of money, right? I mean, when you got the money to invest, why do you got to pay to be yeah. in a club to be able to invest in deals, right? And you want to be passive, right? So, <laughs> so passive investors, <laughs> passive investors need to know, you know, how to select deals, you know, who, how to select sponsors, how to select markets, uh, how to diversify, what kind of cash they need to use. Uh, so these are the things that passive investors need to know to make a very smart decision in investing. So I wrote the book. Because I see a lot of my passive investors were were investing everywhere. You're trying to help educate them so they don't lose another investments and they understand what they're doing. You're trying to educate yeah. them to like, here's what we think is the right way to look at things. Yes, yes. I mean, because because we know the bad and the ugly too. Bad and ugly. We see a lot of it as a sponsors, like you and I. We know bad deals and the bad sponsors, we know it because at our level, we can see a lot of things very clearly, right? But not for passive investors. No, because so, they, yeah, have, they have limited information already. 
and yeah. and they got to really understand. They're really you're teaching them how to do due, due, due diligence on the deal itself and the sponsor and the syndicator. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. Yeah. No, that, I think that's a great book. That's in fact, we're going to make sure we put it in our show notes because yeah, uh, yeah. can you get that on? Where can you get it at? Oh, it's on Amazon. We have Audible, Kindle, and a physical book version. We have sold thousands of it. Uh, did you do the Audible yourself? Or did you pay someone? Uh, I paid somebody. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> they want to get my accent. So <laughs> <laughs> I would still like it. Come on, brother. No, no, no. I'll get, I'll, I, got, I got a professional narrator. I'm actually going in the studio in, uh, I think, uh, right out or after Christmas to uh, oh, cool. record my book, Copy Your Way to Success. So, oh, okay. And at least I'm going to try. I might come out of it saying, <laughs> No, no way. Uh-huh. But I'm gonna give it the college try to see if my voice does does it. Uh-huh. But maybe uh-huh. or maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I think reading it yourself gives a, a really good, unique perspective. But I think there are some other regulations, right? Like Amazon has certain requirement for their Audible version, so yeah. you want to check on that and all that. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So you know, to go from like in six years, that's a pretty that's a pretty good run. But it's not like. I don't think that's just like you've just go and just accelerated full-fledged on the gas. I mean, six years, 130 million, that's actually a decent, just nice kind of growth, don't don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah very decent. I mean, first, three, first two years out of the six years, we did single family. And the last four years, uh, 2015, yeah, last four years, uh, out of the last four years, the first two to three years, we only did like 300 units. Yeah. The last one to two years, we did almost 1,000 units, 1,000-something yeah. units. So, yeah, we accelerated in the last... Uh, I stopped counting units, but uh, just for me, I was like, dude, I just do, I do projects, right? Yeah, that's Cause, interesting, right? Cause, yeah, because <laughs> I was like, who cares about the units? Like, if that's mm-hmm. it's a nice thing to say. And it was like, how many units you got? Like, it really matters, right? Yeah. A better thing would be how much NOI do you make or how, how much, much how net much, profit... Uh, re- Net profit or returns you're making. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean that's one thing I, I wrote in my book too because people are misleading public or new passive investors by giving them uh, a big count of units, especially people who have invested as a, a limited partner, as a passive. Uh, they're going to invest 50,000 into a 300 units and they claim the 300 they units. They got 300 yeah. units. I, yeah, oh, dude, listen, <laughs> yeah. I've got a portfolio of, you know, listen, and I get it. I mean, theoretically, there's, it's correct. But that's why you got to know this, right? That's what that yeah. book's for. Correct. correct. Is how many? But you can't claim like uh, you own one stock of Google, saying that you own Google, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I own Google. <laughs> but in uh, stock market is so easy to uh, cash that, but not in uh, apartment because people just don't know where does where does that come from, right? Yeah. But I, I find it very interesting that you're controlling your whole product. I, I really think that is. I think this is. I've always, now listen, I've taught, like for me, I'm like, dude, all the last thing I'll ever do in life is manage my own properties. But I'm telling you, my opinion is starting to change as the market is like, as I really start getting into different other management companies, managing different properties, it becomes eclectic that you're having to speak, you know, Farsi over here, and then you got to speak English, and then you've got German, <laughs> right? Because you got all these different management companies that speak and different softwares, different Correct. systems. And sometimes you're like, dude, I just want to control the mechanism. So we have one product, one culture. It, that sounds what, that sounds to me like what that's what you're building. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what we're building. I mean, keep in mind when you do your own property management, you're going to slow down on acquisition because you can't do both at the same time. But as I said, there's not many deals. There's, there's not many good deals anyway. Right? I don't I don't think so. There's a lot of deals out there anyway. So you rather, rather focus on property management. And What's your biggest and, mistake uh, that you think you've made right now? Like, so like out of your journey so far, like uh-huh. what would you not do? We would not do property management, but we also do property management. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of hard work, the property management. I mean, 90% God, I'm just of glad my time, you said that because it... <laughs> <laughs> 90% of our time, Shanti and I, my wife and I's time goes into property management, right? So as a result of that... Um, You'll fix you know, it though, because that's just really just adding people. Adding people. The right people to... And as you get more and more units, you can then hire that one, you know, you the one big person. And then you got to, you know, it's... But that's hard to give yeah. away that trust, right? Because that's culture. Yes. Yeah. And all that stuff. I mean, right? it's still a hard, even though you own it, you own it yourself. It's no, no free ride. It's still a hard job. You don't even make. Do you make money in the property management company? No, we don't really make money out of it. All right. So, so I want everybody <laughs> to take that note. Right. Understand <laughs> in property management, you don't make money. Right. But it's not there to make money. It's there to control the product. Mm-hmm. I think. Correct. Yeah. We, yeah. Especially when you're doing value add. Well, that's value add is the only thing that makes sense, right? In commercial real estate. I'm not sure why people buy. A class in a in a really good location just to get just to park money, right? So, not 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 my business model, but we do value add, especially value add. You want to control how fast you can turn around a, a deal, and we usually turn around a deal within six to eight months on a value add deal, and these are really good value add, really good upside, right? right? So you can do that if you have your own property management company. If you don't have that, you're relying on another person. You know, uh, everything gets you know, slower. Always, it gets everything gets way slower. slower. Yeah, yeah, and also property management company—they do all kind of weird stuff. I mean, um, they move around money, you know, across different properties, different property management company. They do, they do all kind of stunts. They're all trying <laughs> to steal your money, some way or same, some fashion. Yeah, the money moves around everywhere, and you do not know what's happening. I mean, eventually you will, you will have your money. That's but- why you have an asset manager to like. So that was the first step. Like, I think uh-huh. you know, looking back at it, right? So. Asset manager, do you like? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's their job to to your deals? Uh, well, right now I'm doing my own asset management. I need to somehow delegate that at some point. But you know, you can. I mean, it's because we control our own bank account and everything, and how the money flows, so we can see. Uh, I hear a lot of people from outside property management company at a senior level position, and they keep on telling, "Oh, okay, so you guys are not moving around within different properties." I said, "No." <laughs> but that seems to be a common practice in the uh, property management world. They just move around between different properties. Yeah, well, that's bad because especially if you're syndicating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, right? you do not know where your money going. Yeah. Yeah. Commingling money with other properties. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's rampant, right? It happens a lot. It happens a lot. Right. So, what else? So, in, in, in the run up to 130 million, even though it mm-hmm. sounds like that, that number for a lot of people may frighten them, but. I mean, like uh-huh. you just said, it's two or three deals a year, and then with yeah. a, you had a pretty good last year. I mean, we had a pretty good 2018. Like we uh-huh. bought 25 million dollars for the property, so three projects, wow. uh-huh. right? But 2019, I've only found one deal. Yeah, and I consider okay. myself lucky. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, as I said, there's not many deals out there. I mean, if you're buying like five, six deals per year. You're most probably buying marginal deals. There's no such thing as uh, brokers are just going to give it to you. The best deals out there, which are a lot of upside. First of all, the brokers have to convince the seller to give the listing to them. And to convince the seller to give the listing, they have to quote them high prices on their BOVs, right? Yep. Broker price opinion. So they already like pushed up the price to the seller. And then now you go into the off-market, on-market bidding process. 
so you're pushing up the price again, right? So, so the price is always very efficient, right? You're always buying it at high price yeah. right now. So but right now, there's lots of money wanting deals, and so we have yeah. money chasing like a, a few good deals. Yeah, the deals. So I mean, I think there's an oversupply of money, but I think that's going to flip eventually. Yeah, I think there's oversupply of money. Absolutely, that's that's where the you know there's so much capital looking for deals, right? And uh, the banks are still giving out loans, right? But I think there's a lot of people who are making mistakes because of that. People have taken a, the relaxed approach of underwriting, and people We're taking the wrong sponsors that are losing money. Because I just know, I mean, I know of a couple of deals that have blown up that are some other people that were doing, and I'm like, dude, those people just lost their money. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know a lot of them too. Oh underwater right now, they are they have been they are losing like five percent to ten percent of their deals because market is strong. So imagine the market slow down. Oh, and people who are who are losing money at this stage of market, they're going to lose a lot more money <laughs> later on, right? When there's no buyer to really buy. Yeah. So it's okay not to buy deals now uh, because it's how the market is, right? I mean, it's very pa- it's good. That's good advice to be patient, right? Only find yeah. good deals. Find good deals which you can execute. I mean. As I said, how did we raise so much money, you know, from our, on ourselves is by doing really, really, really well in our first few deals. And we returned a lot of money to our investors. People are so happy. And if you can find, if you consistently can do that, you can keep on raising money. And we are here for the long run, right? Not for the short run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, what do you say as far as when you look back at what you've done so far, your knowledge so far, what's some mm-hmm. of the best things that you've learned to do? Best tips. Best tips is uh, uh, be patient, <laughs> right? So, oh, some of the best tips I can tell you. I, so I don't really buy deals which is email blasted, right? Any any deals come to email blast, I don't even look at it. If I, a broker call me saying that there's a deal, I will ask him why me? Why are you bringing this deal to me? If you can justify to me, then I will look at it. You know, if he can't justify to me, then probably no. Because I mean, there must be some reason why they want to give it to an experienced person, right? They might might go to the newbie and price it high and sell it to them, right? So they'll make the seller happy and they'll get higher commission. Dude, that's right? a great little chunk of wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. Because now you didn't start off being, you know, hey, I've 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 bought something like in the beginning, but like once you get some credibility, you're wanting the brokers because all the good deals get done through a phone call most of the time. Mm-hmm. When a broker, yeah. hey, he has this short list. You got to be on the short list. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, on the A class. So if, if, on the A list, I guess, from what they say, right? Yeah. So sometimes they tell you, you are the best buyer for this because there's a property in front of it. We want quick closing. We do not want to take it to the market. Okay, that's a really, really valid point. Because taking it to the market will take three, four months, and they might find some newbie, you know, out of a boot camp who, you know, putting, a, putting the deal under contract and dropping it and doing all kinds of things during due diligence. So they don't want to go through that. So if they can, if the broker can really justify why we are the, why I am the best buyer, then I'll definitely underwrite it. Right. So, so for the past eight months, I only underwrote like three deals and I did one of it. Yeah. Right. So it's okay. But now that's, I think that's good. I, I look at the same way. I mean, today we did, we did one deal this year and that's, that was a great year. We had a great year, right? Uh-huh. Next yeah. year we like, we'd like to do two or three deals. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is to do two or three deals a year, um, and I, you know, whether they're they're big deals or small deals, I don't even care about like some of them are big, some of them are small. We just want to do good deals. Good deals, yeah. Right? Yeah, I think it's important to keep on doing good deals. You know, if you do, you don't want to get stuck in the correction that may come anytime. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. What else? Give me, give me another good good nugget that you think that people. Uh, good nugget is uh, interact 
very diligently with your investors. I respond to all my emails on my own, right? I, I don't believe in delegating that function to anyone because I think the investors are believing in you. And I'm very good my email. I mean, anybody send me a mail, they'll get a response, yep. right? Um, so, you know, that just build that personal relationship with all my investors. Yeah, because right? they know that you're running the ship. They already know you're busy. Most of them already know you're busy. So mm-hmm. when you call them or you respond to them, they're like, wow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting a response from, from the guy who's running the show, right? Yeah. So, yeah, once you start delegating and all that, it becomes very you know, muddy in terms of... Uh, Do you have anybody doing? helping you set, like, for new appointments, new people that you're going to meet, Right. Does uh, someone right help now, you do that in the beginning or and then set No, right up? now, no. Uh, right now, no, but I probably should get one. Right now, I just we use Calendly. We just Calendly. doing that. <laughs> Good. Because <laughs> I, I was like, the, I, oh, I just need you to get everybody. I told my wife, I was like, listen, I need you to talk to everybody beforehand and uh-huh. start that relationship process and then bring me in in the end when we're actually like, when, when we have a deal, like I want to do that conversation one-on-one with them. We're ready to like uh-huh. explain the deal and get their money. Right. Got it. And then I'll I'll take kind of the handoff from there most of from there on. But I'm like, that was one of the things for us that we 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 just changed because listen, when you start getting lots of investors, it's 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 a lot of time. And then you're only you know you're doing a property management, all the other stuff too, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we are like (laughs) we're doing a lot of things. (laughs) I know, I know. So so yeah, we are trying to structure our company to be much more efficient. So we are trying to what's, hire some corporate staffs and all that. What's your end game, man? So I don't want to say that we want to build like you know ten thousand multi-family units, twenty thousand, because I think that's a bit short-sighted, right? So for me, it's more about finding that opportunity in any asset class, right? So is there any asset class which can be better than multi-family? It may not be. You know, there's also risk-adjusted returns, right? So instead, what asset class has low risk, but, you know, lower return as well, but the risk is low compared to multifamily, you know, which has a long run, higher risk, higher return, right? So so for me, it's figuring out the next uh, the next move is always uh, important and challenging for me. But so I don't want to say like 10,000 in, 20,000 in, because it forces me to buy deals that may be not good. I agree. I agree. <laughs> But now, what about, uh, do you think you'll always syndicate? No, no, I'm not going to always syndicate. I think at some point we are going to buy ourselves and start doing it ourselves because uh, syndication has a lot of pressure. I mean, most of my passive investors are really good people. I mean, they have a lot of trust in us and we work as a partnership. But, you know, it also always a heavy burden, a heavy responsibility on your shoulder, right? That yeah. you have to take out somebody else's money and, you know, and... Um, that responsibility is real, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's very heavy. So we always worry about their money. You know, I mean, yeah, getting rich is this fine. This is millions but... of dollars. So this is this is people that are listening to this. This is what I, I don't think anybody ever really discusses. I'm glad that you're sharing it and very being very honest and truthful about it uh-huh. because the weight of millions of dollars of other people's money on your shoulders, counting on you to deliver a return, is real. It's real. For the right, yeah, for, every people month, that, that, for people that care, you care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see the completely different uh, mindset when I have my like 13 single families. All my property, you know, sometimes one tenant doesn't pay me my rent and I don't care. Yeah, we make still money. You know, it's all my money. I don't even have a PNL at that time, right? But now with the syndication with, you know, with investors where we share monthly reports, you know, we're always being diligent. And every morning I wake up, I have to make sure every property is performing because I don't want to think that some passive investors thinking negatively of me. So there's a lot of uh, 
pressure in terms of uh, making sure that we take care of our investors because we are managing their money, right? And yeah, it's a big responsibility. People, people work hard for all this money and uh, we do not want to play with that and we want to re- do a really good job. We want to have a good reputation and uh, when you die, you want to die peacefully. Yeah, <laughs> right? man. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. So, man, yeah. I, I love that I, you're being just so honest about it because I think so many people just brush that off but you're you're really communicating in a, in a very I think the way a syndicator should communicate is you can tell that that's a real deal for you, right? Yeah. And and it mm-hmm. should be I think it because if it's not you're you're not doing your money justice, right? Because it's that type of responsibility. But I love yeah. the fact that you just said that because I have the same goal as well is eventually to use all my own money, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah, I we want to create same. generational wealth for ourselves, uh, where you know we risk it ourselves. You know, you know, we do everything on our own and use all our skills. What and do you think? Another project. five years? Do you get to that point? No, I'm starting to do it in the next few years already. Yeah, as, as your deals, deals mature, right? Yeah, yeah. As I have money, I probably buy deals on my own and start, you know, flipping them. I can take a lot more risk with my own money. Uh, right now, I've reduced a lot of my risk by doing like Fannie and Freddie Mac loans, uh, which is a lower risk. Uh, but if I own money, I can do all kind of uh, flips, right? So, yeah. Um, well, so I, I love, I love that, I love that that concept too, is because sometimes it's like you know, I always look at it. So when I when I go sell one a deal that I've held for quite a long time, you can make a lot of money on that. So I'm like, okay, I'll take my money and I'm gonna go find my own deal. Just uh-huh. with me, Corey Peterson's the only investor and the only GP. It's just my money. But yeah. then, I, then I'm, but then the other part of me says I got to find two deals. Because I still have my investors sitting there saying, what about me, Corey? Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a lot of investors. They think of us as the guys who are going to make them money. But they're also investors who think that we are, we are taking advantage of them, right? So, you know, so I, I mean, I, I prefer investors who are, want to be partners with us. And, and almost all my investors are partners. They don't really disturb me because we, we, do, we do a good job. Yeah, we do good uh, business, like right? Events. You do good business yeah. to everybody. Yeah. Yes. But I always believe, like, hey, what about if market crashes, right? What do I do with that? I mean, I have to go back and explain. And, you know, people will understand if the economy goes down and you've got no control, I guess. But it's just a burden in, in your shoulder, man. No, it really is. So, yeah, that's a good. So that's the good, bad, and the ugly of syndication. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's great yeah. because you learn how to use other people's money. But it's bad because you learned how to use other people's money. And the weight of that is a real weight because there's a real responsibility to it. Yeah, yeah, and that's another reason why we did this vertically integrated company because we want to have control. We do not want to go and tell to our investors saying that, oh, that property management company is bad or this property management company didn't put the right. So we want we to control everything. And at the end of the day, we take the blame or we take the credit. Right? Yeah. Now that's that's great, dude. Listen, that's a great show, dude. <laughs> just really from the heart. I mean, I believe that. That's I love when people just share openly, honestly of yeah. what they're doing because you you know some people are not as open and and you know this there's no secrets in this business and mm-hmm. you'll eventually get found out if you're doing it wrong. Yeah, as I said people most of the passive passive investor will see through you very quickly when you talk to them and if you do not know what you're talking about uh, if you just want to be like a capital raiser and if you are just like a small GP in a deal and you you do not know what you're talking about people will know that you do not know what you're They'll talking about. They'll figure it out pretty quick. Yeah, 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 correct. So good, James. Listen, how if people want to, um, we already talked about your book. If people want to figure out uh, more about you and 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 how would they find it? How would they get hold of you? 
I have many ways to get hold of me. My email is james at achieveinvestmentgroup.com. Achieve is like achieving a goal. Achieveinvestmentgroup.com. My website is achieveinvestmentgroup.com. I have my own podcast called Achieve Wealth Through Value at Real Estate Investing. I need to get you in that, Corey. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I interview operators. <laughs> well, so we can go deep, deep into the details, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> man. Yeah, I love, I'll get in the weeds with you, brother. <laughs> sure. So it's Achieve Wealth Through Value at Real Estate Investing podcast. And um, I'm in LinkedIn, Facebook. We have a large Facebook group, almost 4,000 members, which is uh, with 43 rejection, ra- rejection percent ratio. So we have... 4,000 people, but 43% of the people applied is rejected. So we almost have like six, 7,000 people if I don't reject anybody. Yeah, right? yeah I got you. We reject a lot of people. So it's called Multifamily Investors uh, Group, right? Uh, Multifamily Investors Group in Facebook. You can definitely find me there. I'm very active in my Facebook group. Cool. And my LinkedIn, James Kandasamy. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, thank you again for your time, for coming on the show and just sharing some of your nuggets, your wisdom, and, you know, really... You know, I love your your full integration of what you do and, and really, you know, how you've taken on the approach of multifamily investing. And at the at the end of the day, I think you care. I think that's important. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Guys, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, as always, you know, success does not happen by accident. It is predestined. It is determined by your belief, right? It has to start with what you envision, because if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible. <laughs> 